bulking bulking and getting in those extra calories today's video is going to be a response to freaky d he did a video talking about food options and strategies for bulking and he mentioned that baldomni man and sam Sheetha were discussing bulking and some nuances on how people bulk so i thought i would offer my two cents i've been a coach now for nine years next year will be a decade um as well as coaching quite a lot of gen pop clients i've always have a good few clients every year who are competing whether they're male female masters novice open whatever so i think we can start off the discussion around bulking with that when it comes to problems with getting in enough food it's normally a problem for more of a long-term sort of competitive bodybuilder type of person you do get the hard gainers who kind of struggle with their appetite but a lot of the time this information that i'm going to detail is going to really be directed as people who really struggle to put on weight and have already gained quite a lot of weight but are bordering on how much food they can fit into themselves in a long-term basis while keeping appetite up and still feeling good so it's all well and good saying that you're just going to force feed food but the thing is the battle with your appetite will just become harder and harder so being able to eat food without just gagging on it it's more difficult you know when you have this sort of long-term serious view and the fact is if you're doing it right every year your metabolism will just be bigger and bigger so you'll have to eat more and more food and on that note, on that note i'm going to have a slight disagreement with the freaky day i've coached many guys who've been bulking between four to six thousand calories i wouldn't say it's normal but it's not that unusual either in my experience i do coach competitive bodybuilders and i have coached some pretty big boys i was on about four and a half thousand calories at my peak bulk as well it's different strokes for different folks now on that note one thing that does annoy me with the bulking conversations is when influencers will gain a lot of their muscle with hard bulking and a lot of us did it like i did it freaky d did it natural hypertrophy did it as well who gained a lot of muscle mass with hard heavy bulks but when they have gained their mass and then they lean down and then they turn around and tell everybody else yet yeah, it's not what we did like, i'm not encouraging people to get fat but bottom line is the needle needs to move there would not have been a 2018 faz if it wasn't for 2010 faz so let's get on with the goal of this video which is how do we keep appetite up how do we keep food coming in and not getting into that point of the bulk where we are just getting tired of food so first thing is pretty obvious one which isn't even really worth mentioning is liquid feeds this is a really obvious one and it doesn't even bear worth mentioning because i don't want to discuss liquid feeds i want to discuss actual food over the course of this video so it's good in a pinch but let's focus more on food tricks so the first genuine kind of lesson on keeping your appetite high and making sure you're eating all your meals is the texture of the meals now if you think about it most fast foods need very little chewing so if you take a mcdonald's burger you can almost press a mcdonald's burger to the roof of your mouth and it just disintegrates it's not designed to be something which needs a lot of chewing it's something which is pretty much already broken down that's the design it's supposed to be moorish the texture is supposed to leave you somewhat unsatisfied so as much as possible you want food to resemble something which is a little bit more processed when i used to eat loads of steak and rice the effort required to chew through that steak 
even to chop through it, digest it, is just a hell of a lot more. So you want to aim for a meal with a much smoother consistency, more like baby food, as wherever you can. Whereas that steak and rice, that would sit in my stomach for quite a long time because it was fattier. It was harder to break down. So the gastric emptying would just be slower. So it's not always the best option when you're struggling to get food in. Yeah, you might like the taste, but if it takes a while to get through you, maybe not the best choice. So this is when I would look at things like perhaps slow cooking meat, like pork or chicken, and then shredding it. So all of a sudden you've got meat, which doesn't require a lot of breaking down in your mouth. And it's already, already really soft because it's come out of the slow cooker. Part of that problem is also jaw fatigue. If you're sat there trying to chew through something, which is just dry and textureless, and every single bite is making your jaw muscles ache, well, that's going to be so much harder to finish than something which is already mostly broken down for you, already shredded, in source, you can take in and just swallow. When you're trying to keep your appetite nice and high, you want to try and make sure your food is as smooth as possible, as easy to swallow as possible. Next thing is multiple carb sources per meal. Now, this is a big tip that a lot of people really underestimate. Some people will do this without realizing it. For example, if you're trying to have a meal of rice, beans, um, chicken, okay? An easy tip to get an extra couple of hundred calories is to take that mix, dump it inside a burrito, put it in the oven. All of a sudden you've got rice, mixed with the tortilla. So you've got two different carb sources. That's a lot easier psychologically to get down than just more rice. Or if you put in fruit with your rice, that makes it easier. I don't know why it works, but having the equivalent amount of carbs, just some rice or potatoes is a lot easier to take in if you have the equivalent amount of carbs with rice alongside a burrito or alongside some extra fruit. And the same goes with potatoes as well. If you mix and match those carb sources together, having two or even three types of carb sources together, it just makes it easier to get those carbs in. So if you have 30 grams of carbs from rice, 30 from a burrito and 40 from some beans, you've got hundred grams of carbs there in a meal, which is a lot easier to get in than just getting hundred grams of carbs in from straight fruit or a burrito or rice. So try and pick multiple carb sources per meal. That makes a big difference. The next thing is moisture. Now, something which I still do up to this point is I cook my rice with broth. That adds some moisture to the rice, which again comes down to how easy it goes down. So you can swallow a spoonful of rice. If it's moist, it's more likely to be able to go down without a struggle. This is one of the reasons why I still favor sushi rice or sticky rice if I'm bulking it makes it much easier to get down. Another quick tip with regard to moisture and rice is olive oil. A really easy way to make your rice just easier to take down in bulk is to mix in one tablespoon of olive oil to your rice. You get an extra 100 calories and it's easier to take down. A simple tip to get in more calories. Which leads us on to our next point, which is cooking style. So slow cooker is your friend. Shredding meats is your friend. Shredding meats in sauces is your friend. The difference between dry sauteed chicken breast versus chicken breast that's been in the slow cooker shredded in sauce is night and day when it comes to satiety. It goes down far easier. It's almost like you're not even tasting it. It goes down really easy and you don't get the jaw fatigue. So if you have a lot of it to eat, you don't get that jaw fatigue. So 
Cooking style makes a big difference. I would avoid anything which is going to dry out your food. Try and keep it as moist as possible. Next thing, which should be pretty obvious at this point, is uh, preparation. Just make sure your meals are prepped. This is a real basic thing. And this goes for people who are bulking or cutting. If you are dreading the thought of getting your meals in for the day, but you have five meals cooked and ready to go in that fridge, then it becomes less of a thought process of, oh, what should I eat today? Trying to sit and decide what to eat. And it becomes just, okay, I've got these meals to eat. I need to get through them today. And then it's a win. So take away that choice. Just like if you were dieting and struggling with your appetite the other way, so you have a high appetite and you're trying to diet, you would still do the same thing. Have your meals prepped and say, okay, this is what I get today. Eat this, I'm good to go next. It's the same with bulking. Take away that choice. Take away the decision fatigue and just have your meals ready. Which I would say leads us on into the next thing, which is timing. So this is when meal timing makes a big difference. A lot of people talk about the mystique behind multiple meals per day. And there's a whole bunch of research now which shows how you should try and spike MPS every three hours. I also think that's a very convenient schedule if you're struggling to get your food in. If you're struggling to get food in and you have six points during the day where you eat, which are evenly spaced out three hours apart, that is going to leave you with a much greater chance of fitting in an overall higher level of food. Now, if you sleep through meal one, you forget about meal two, all of a sudden you have six meals to fit into a much shorter period of time, which is the opposite of what you want to be able to get to maximize the amount of food you take in. So for you, meal timing becomes very important. Those hard gainer types who struggle to get food in, they also miss meals like crazy. You will need to start to evenly space out food. Otherwise, it's going to become difficult to get in. When I was eating 4,500 calories a day, I had to space things out every three hours. Otherwise, I'd run into a rut and have a traffic jam of meals by the end of the day. And it wasn't going to get done. Terrible way to do things. So start early and space your meals out throughout the day so you have enough time to digest and move on to the next one. Remember, it's not just about having one good day. It's about having a good week and month and an entire off season. So the next thing I say would be cardio. So this seems a bit counterproductive. Like why would you do cardio if you're struggling to already eat? I find it helps. What I say to my clients is anywhere between eight to 12 minutes of hard cardio post training works pretty well. I would normally say one minute hard, one minute easy, just alternate. It doesn't really matter what you do, whether it's a rowing machine, running machine, like treadmill, elliptical trainer, step mill, whatever it is, go one minute hard, one minute easy, do between eight to 12 minutes, get that heart rate up. I find that helps appetite as well. Next thing is macros. Let's look at macros, how you should compose your day of food. I would say you don't want to go particularly excessive on protein. I've been very high on protein before, so, but I tend to find the higher protein amounts they don't do a great deal for muscle growth past a certain point, but they do really fill you up. So if you're struggling to get food in, keep your protein right down to about 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. That's roughly where you end up. So for a guy who weighs 200 pounds, struggling to get food in about 160 protein, anything much more than that is going to be a waste simply because it's going to cause a higher degree of satiety, which is going to prevent you from getting overall high level of food in. The next thing is a fat intake. One thing you've got to remember with fat is it slows down the digestion of your current meal. So a lot of people will say things like, oh, I eat a lot of nuts because nuts give me a lot of calories, but I'm still struggling to gain weight. It's like, 
Yeah, it's because <laughs> it's a false compromise. The nuts, the high fat intake in the nuts or whatever it is, if you just have a high level of fat, say from beef or steak or whatever, it will slow down the rate of gastric emptying. It'll slow down the digestion of your food, which you're eating alongside those fats, which is just going to make it harder and harder to get the next meal in and the next meal. Sure, you've had a lot of calories for meal one. Great. Maybe meal two. But then what about throughout the rest of the day and the rest of the week? And I've, I've made this mistake before by having a much higher than necessary fat intake, being happy that I'm getting in a good few days of food. But then by the end of the week, my stomach is in bits. I can't eat anymore. My appetite is through the floor because my body is just still trying to process all this fat that I'm eating. So when it comes to trying to keep your appetite high, you got to keep your fats on the low end. Okay. I'm not saying super low, but on the low end. And I would try and keep the majority of them from healthy sources. So they go through your stomach quicker. There's just something about having a large amount of saturated fat, which really makes it very difficult to eat a lot of food. Carbs should make up the majority of the rest of it. I think you should still try and find carbs which work well with you and go through your stomach quickly. I would say the best highly calorific carb sources are probably still going to be rice, pasta, and breads. Those are your biggest bang for your buck if you struggle to gain weight. Avoid having too much of the, your daily carb intake from fast acting sources. Your stomach will just end up feeling a bit crappy. It will end with body fat. So at higher body fats, your body will just say no. Okay. So that was me at about 220. My body fat and my body weight got to a point where it was just too much. My body was saying, nope, had enough. I just felt sick all the time. That is a strong signal to cut body fat at that stage. And you've probably taken it a step too far. None of these tips and tricks that I've mentioned today are massively revolutionary in and of themselves, but you put all of these tricks together, you have a sustainable diet model in allowing you to push your body weight higher and higher every year. Most people struggle with losing body fat, but for you guys who are either hard gainers or you are serious bodybuilding, even strongman competitors like Sam, you will find this struggle in forever trying to increase the amount of food. So if you put all these tips together, that should help. All right, folks, I'll call it there.